I'm Keaton Fletcher, an assistant professor of psychology at the Georgia Institute of Technology. And I'm Mariana Arvon, an organizational psychologist who specializes in organization and talent development. And this is Healthy Work. Hey, Mariana. Hey, Keaton. I have a question for you. Actually, more of a request. Can you tell me about the most recent decision you made? Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a great great question. Um, this is ridiculous, but the most recent decision I made was whether or not to take off Monday, July third from work. <laughs> okay, I like it. That's a good decision. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like agonizing, right? Because technically, you know, we're I work at a financial services firm. We the markets close, we close, so it's going to be an early day. But I had to decide whether or not I wanted to interrupt the continuity of my Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday uh, vacation and rejuvenation with you know a half day of work. And I was kind of debating and on the fence. And ultimately, you know, my husband's taking off the third. Um, he's an academic, but he, you know, gives himself a five-day work week. So because of that, I decided to take off Monday, July 3rd. So that is that is my exciting decision. <laughs> I love that. Uh, my most recent decision was what to eat for breakfast. <laughs> and I just went with my standard bagel and egg bite. Yeah, very exciting lives we lead. But those were two very good examples of decisions. And I'm very excited because we had two different types. Perfect. Because I have a paper for you that looks at how our work impacts how we make the decision to work out. So it's specifically on physical exercise. But the idea is sort of generalizable, I think, to broader decision making. Mm. It's in the most recent edition of the Journal of Occupational Health Psychology, written by Claire Smith, Sumi Lee, Margaret Brooks, Claire Barrett, and Haiyang Yang. And before we dive into the specifics, let me walk you through what I think is a fun model of how people make decisions called the decision triangle. And fun enough, fun, funnily enough, happily enough, whatever, <laughs> um, you and I were in two different corners of the decision triangle, Ooh. which leaves one that neither one of us were in, which is also very exciting because as this study will find, they're like the two most common to be in. Anyways, um, so the decision triangle says that there are three ways that we make decisions. We can make what they call visceral decisions, where you have a lot of hot emotions that are driving the decision and you're just going off of intuition, really going with your gut. You're not thinking about it. You're just driven purely by emotion here. Then you have automatic decisions where you're still going off of intuition or your gut. You're not really thinking about it, but there's no real emotion. It's not in play. This is the, I'm going to eat a bagel for breakfast. And then we have logical decisions, which also have no emotionality driving them. So they're very cold, um, but they're deliberate and intentional. And you put a lot of thought and effort into them. So this is the, do I take July 3rd off from work? Um, for you, Mariano, someone else might be like, I hate this job. I'm taking July 3rd <laughs> off or like, man, this vacation sounds really cool. I am just so excited. I have to take off July 3rd, you know, but the way that you describe making that decision very much puts you in that logical corner. 
unsurprisingly, for <laughs> anyone who knows you. Okay, so on to the study. The authors had 83 people fill out daily surveys for two work weeks. And based on their responses to these surveys, they found different groupings of days in the level of energy and emotion people have after work. So they entered all their um, surveys in and like let the days get grouped by basically how much energy you had at the end of the day and what your negative emotion was. And the biggest group of days, so the most common type basically about almost two-thirds of the days, were the middle range energy and relatively low bad mood. So you were kind of tired and not too grumpy. They called this the automatic decision group because you don't have a whole lot of energy to make that logical decision, but you're also not running high on negative emotions, so you're not in that visceral corner. So you're in the automatic corner of that decision triangle. Then the next biggest profile, about a third of the days, were days where you had a lot of energy at the end of the workday and low levels of negative mood. So they considered this the logical decision group because you've got plenty of energy to make those logical decisions and you don't have a whole lot of bad mood driving your decision here. So you don't have that hot emotion. And then the smallest grouping of days, only 4%, were very high energy depletion. So you had no energy left at the end of the day and very high negative affect. So you're in a really bad mood. And this is what they call the visceral decision group, right? Because you have a lot of negative emotions driving your decisions probably and not a whole lot of energy to engage in that intentional decision processing. So they sort of took your response to these surveys and mapped them onto the decision triangle and identified each day as sort of where in that triangle you probably are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So um, looking at first, how does work lead to which corner of this triangle you're in? They looked at work demands, right? And they found that the logical group, so days where you are high energy, low bad mood, tended to have the lowest overall work demands, certainly lower than the visceral group and lower than the automatic group. And so clearly days where you have fewer demands, you have more energy and better emotions to make those more logical decisions. The visceral group, the days where you had that low energy and really high bad mood, um, had higher physical work demands and higher emotional work demands than some of the other groups. And then that automatic group was kind of in the middle. And again, remember, that's the most days. And so sort of your really bad days are marked by high physical and emotional work demands and your really good days are marked by low overall work demands. So how does this translate into exercise? They found that on days when you were in that visceral profile, so the really bad days, you were the least likely to engage in physical exercise compared to either logical or automatic days. Makes sense, right? If you're in a really negative mood, you don't have a lot of energy, probably because you had really high physical or emotional work demands, you're not working out, right? You're not expending that additional energy to work out. And then, and then on days when you were in that logical profile, right? So you had high energy, low bad mood. Um, you had the most intense exercise compared at least to visceral, right? So it didn't really change whether or not you exercised, but it did change how intense that exercise was. And then again, automatic was kind of middle of the road, right? Like this is the most days. It's not, you know, too heavy one way or the other. So it's not really predicting whether or not you're exercising. But what was really interesting about the study is that they also measured health orientation as sort of a trait. So are you someone that cares a lot about your health, cares a lot about your well-being? 
And that really determines whether or not you're going to exercise and how intensely you're going to exercise on those automatic days. And so those middle of the road days, if you're someone who really values health orientation, then you're more likely to exercise actually, and you're more likely to have an intense um, an intense exercise. But if you are someone who's low in health orientation, those automatic days, which again are the majority of days, you're actually less likely to engage in exercise. And so it's not like everything has to align perfectly um, for you to exercise if you are high in health orientation. But if you're low in health orientation, it's got to be a really good day for you to want to exercise, right? Your automatic days, you're less likely to because not everything is perfect. And that's the study. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about what orientation I am, and I don't know if I want to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. Definitely lots of good stuff to dive into here. Let me ask you, what surprised you the most? I think what surprised me the most, there were two things. One is minor, and the minor one is just how few days are actually those visceral days, right? Only 4% of people's days in the whole study, sort of like 782 days, I think, somewhere around there, 780-something days, only 4% of those were like these really bad days, which I guess is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was kind of surprised like how infrequent it is, especially given the amount of research in our field that's done on like how these negative aspects of work impact our health behaviors and our health outcomes, things along those lines. And it's like, it turns out not that many days are that bad, right? And so maybe we're looking in the wrong direction. We should be looking at the positive side or the average type of days. And then to that point, the more surprising thing is just how important that health orientation really was on those sort of average most types of days, right? That it's more of who you are as a person, your typical traits that matters, not so much the work day, um, if it's an average kind of work day. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm going to speak for you, but I know you're pretty highly health oriented. And and so is my husband. I'm, I'm pretty low on it. And it's amazing because, you know, yesterday, my husband had a really frustrating day. He got a couple journal rejections, which happens when you when you're in the in this industry. And he went to go work out regardless. And here I am thinking, I would never. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so it, it, it makes sense. It's really interesting. If I'm a manager, what what should I do about this? You know, I, if it's okay with you, I'm going to um, speak more to the employees because I think this one, you know, there really isn't that much managers can be doing, right? Doing your best to make sure that we're avoiding the visceral days, right? Reducing demands, all the typical things make sense. But I think if you are just a, a, an average everyday worker, really evaluating your health orientation and maybe being open to changing it <laughs> and being open to setting these habits where you do value your health, you do value your, your well-being and finding, you know, in this case, physical activity that you enjoy. So maybe it's not about health orientation for you, but rather enjoyment of a certain activity that creates this new set point. So on those automatic days, which again, two thirds of days are these automatic days, you are in the habit of doing that activity you enjoy that's good for your health. And so I think that's that would be my takeaways here is create these habits for the majority of days, right? Not everything has to be perfect for you to have to exercise. You just have to find something that you can turn into a habit. Yeah, I love that. And you know, another thing too, I'd be interested in future research if they looked at possibly the type of exercise that you're engaging in. So for instance, I'm I'm lower in health orientation generally, but like, you know, prior to being pregnant, I, I did go to the gym like three to four days a week. Um, and then when I was when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, that's too much. Um, but now I walk, right? So I don't do it every day, but, you know, I'd be interested in seeing, you know, what are, for some of those lower health-oriented people, um, 
what are possible trade-offs you can engage in if you have sort of a frustrating day, right? So maybe it's it's not the full kit and caboodle of going to the gym and packing up your bag and driving through traffic, right? Maybe it's as simple as a walk around the block, right? I love that. Um, and things that you can do to sort of, you know, be mindful um, and and not, not let these bad days get the best of you. Great stuff, Keaton. Thanks so much, Mariana. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Healthy Work is a podcast written and produced by Keaton Fletcher and Mariana Arvon, mixed and edited by Keaton Fletcher, artwork by Keaton Fletcher, and our music is Zero Micro Song by Steve Combs. Please like us, follow us, and subscribe on whatever podcatching software you use, and leave a review in the iTunes store. It really does help get us out there.